At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. The following is an exclusive presentation of the Carolina Panthers and the National Football League. Yeah! Touchdown! This is Panther Talk with head coach Matt Rule on the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. Down by Mayfield and the Panthers are in the win column for the first time in 315 days. They were fired up. Obviously, they were excited. And, uh, you know, we've had two heartbreaking weeks. Two weeks, you know, came close. We challenged them to finish. We challenged them to go out and play with uh, confidence and swagger that we feel like our preparation deserves. And, um... They felt good about it afterwards. And now, along with Jim Zoki and Eugene Robinson, here's Anish Shroff with Panther Talk. Live from the Panthers broadcast facility at Bank of America Stadium. Happy Monday, and it is a happy Monday in the Carolinas. Panthers coming off a dub against the New Orleans Saints, 22-14 on Sunday. <laughs> Carolina 1-2 and two with the win. They turned their attention to the Arizona Cardinals this coming Sunday, a team that the Panthers beat last year. A lot to get into on this show. We'll hear from Matt Rule. We'll hear from Dave Pash, voice of the Arizona Cardinals, who will join us with some intel on this week's opponent. But let's get to what we liked about Sunday, Eugene. First things first, the defense and the special oh teams set the tone early. The defense was outstanding. I'm telling you, just the, just the turnovers itself, I mean, made a statement. You know what I was impressed with? Derek Brown. I was impressed with him, his ability on the line. I think when you're the one technique, you're getting double teamed all the time, and the push, he was getting tremendous push. I mean, it was really disrupting the flow of that of the team running the ball. So I, I like what I saw, and I know I hope Coach Rowe loved what he saw because coming out of preseason, I was saying, man, what is the attitude of this team? This defense is a lot of energy. They're fiery. They get after it, and that what I saw. That's the same thing I saw yesterday. And let's bring in Coach Rule, who joins us now. Coach, let's start there. Derek Brown, his numbers may not show up in the stat sheet, but we've talked about him a lot the last two games. When you turn on the film, how is he impacting the game right now? I thought Derek played a dominant game uh, for, for many parts of the game. Um, you know, even on the play where where Frankie stripped it and Marquise picked it up, I mean, he was at the point of attack and, and knocked it back. And one of the real keys to that game was holding them to 84 yards rushing. And a lot of that had to do with Derek as well as everybody else. So uh, I was fired up for him to get the interception. Um, that was had to be a great moment for him. But at the end of the day, uh, his work along the D-line, stopping the run and pushing the pocket was excellent. And, Coach, it was a concerted effort uh, because I seen the run game really kind of ramp up as far as having not only loading the box but 
loading the box and then pulling out of the box and then blitzing. There was a, a plethora of things that you did that was really successful. Can you highlight some of those? Yeah, you know, we wanted to take away take away the run game. Um, uh, you know, uh, have so much respect for Alvin Kamara and Mark Ingram. So, you know, we, we tried to take that away first. And I thought Phil called a masterful game of bringing pressure, showing pressure and dropping out and, and, and playing coverage. Uh, but, you know, uh, we, we hit the quarterback a ton of times. Uh, we, 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 we sped up his clock, and I uh, thought Phil called a great game, and the guys executed it. J.C. Horn, I know you played him all over the field yesterday in the secondary. I, I think there was a stat that he played 40 snaps or something and only had three balls thrown in his direction. Of course, he had the pick and nearly another pick early in the game. Are, are, are teams trying to avoid him? Or is this, was it the flow of the game wasn't coming towards him? Or there seems to be a lot of respect from other offenses when they look at J.C. Horn over there. Yeah, J.C. played a great game, you know, uh, intercepted the ball, batted the ball that got intercepted, so he was key on two of those plays. You know, we played him at corner, we played him at safety, we played him at nickel, you know, just, you know, we had some injuries and had to move some guys around, and he stepped up, and, um, uh, you know, he'll he'll, uh, he'll, 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 he'll get he'll get uh, opportunities, you know, guys will throw at him at times, but part of being a corner is, you know, you have to just sit there and wait, wait, wait for your opportunity, when the time comes, you have to make a play, and he made some plays uh, yesterday. And so did LaVisca Chenault um, after you saw what he did on Sunday. And I know he's still relatively new and learning. What sort of uh, what sort of conflict can he create for defenses going forward as, as he gets more and more comfortable with your playbook? Yeah, I think one of the, the keys going into the game for us was, you know, we wanted to get the ball, uh, you know, out in space, uh, either via the run game, you know, with some of the things we did, you know, the, the reverse to DJ, the misdirection plays with Christian, or, you know, um, uh, kick the ball out on some, you know, quick, quick throws. And, and I felt really good about, you know, LaVisca and some of the other guys, their ability to, to, to make people miss tackles. And um, you saw it on the long play that he had. You saw it on the shallow cross that he caught to get the first down. You know, he's excellent running after the catch. And as, as many ways as you can find to, to get him the ball on the perimeter, he's going to be successful. Coach, I got to ask you about the kick return because that gave you a spark too. And I was looking back, he had not returned a kick or a punt at Jacksonville in college. I saw he had one punt return and he returned that for a touchdown. The other kick return that he had was a 54 yard return. So LaVisca as a return man, is that something we could potentially see going forward? Yeah. Well, yeah. He'll be our kick returner. Uh, you know, at least, you know, we don't, we don't, you know, I don't take things much more beyond one week at a time, you know, but uh, uh, you know, we, we, we felt good about him going in big, powerful man could get up inside. Um, obviously it showed up, had a good opening kickoff, had a really good uh, second kickoff, you know, after, after they scored that touchdown, uh, which is what we needed. We needed that return to get out past the 30, be aggressive on offense and eventually scored. Yeah. I'm not trying to tackle me, the coach. He's a big man. No doubt. Uh, and coach, I want to uh, go on the other side of the ball. Once again, Jeremy Chin, what the decision going into Jeremy Chin, having him a little bit closer to the line of scrimmage. And I've seen a number of plays where he was uh, blissing. Yeah, you know, really, really, we didn't really change anything other than just just blitzing him a little bit more. Uh, and really, a lot of that has to do with kind of, you know, we, we blitz JC, we blitz Miles, we blitz Xavier, we blitz Chin. Uh, I just think the thing that stood out to people, because when Chin came, you know, he he made some outstanding plays. He had the big sack, he batted the ball down. So, um, you know, we have really good, talented playmakers that, you know, we can get them going forward every once in a while and let them go attack and blitz. I think it it, uh, it unlocks some of their ability. So to do that, as you know, Eugene, you know, everyone else has to cover well. You know, you can yeah. only blitz when you're pretty confident. And I thought the guys were holding up pretty well in the back end for, you know, on, on most of those blitzes early on. And you win against a quality team. And as you said, a number of the players said afterwards, 
uh, still lots of room for improvement and growth. So when you look at the offensive passing game, you know, as you see things maybe not in sync, what are some of the details that need to be cleaned up to get the, the pass game where you want it to be? Yeah, I think it's, it's, uh, it's not any one thing. It's a lot of, it's a lot of a lot, right? It's uh, you know, our protection has to be better at times though. It's, it's been pretty good, but you know, we, we gave up uh, two key sacks that we can't give up. Uh, you know, we got to make sure that Baker's comfortable and in rhythm with his feet and, and, and you know, eliminating the pressure so that he can play fast. And then, you know, our receivers you know, and, and tight ends and backs, I mean, they've, they've got to go get open, be where they're supposed to be and, um, you know, make contested catches and, 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 you know, not everything in the passing game is always going to be easy. You have to, make the tough catch, the hard catch. And so I think if every guy on the offense, if they recognize that the most important player on every play is themselves, um, uh, just 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 try to take it up a notch. Because when we did complete the ball, we did, uh, you know, uh, extend some drives. We were able to, you know, you know, you know ha- have four scoring drives. Um, so that to me is one of the major keys for us to improve. And as an example, you guys obviously clearly made an effort to get the ball to DJ Moore. He was the number one targeted guy. He had six. He carried the ball twice, but only the one completion for two yards. So was that maybe an example where things could get better moving forward? Yeah, DJ is an excellent player. We want him to touch the football. Um, you know, and again, it's not any one thing. Uh, we just we just have to improve, and we have to make a, a lot of improvement in the passing game. So, uh, you know, we, we, we've been getting better in some a lot of different areas, you know, now that we have a win, you know, I think people, you know, can, you know, can see maybe, hey, the defense got better at this. The running game's getting better here. Hopefully the passing game's the next thing that shows up. Well, Coach, how did you balance that with a really good running game? Because, man, I'm sitting there going, oh, keep running the ball, Coach, keep running the ball in my head because you run the ball so well. Yeah, I thought, I thought that was, it was a real, you know, that, that's an excellent front, and that was a real breakthrough in the game. Um you know, if we were a little bit better on third down, I think we really could have, you know, run the ball more and, and gotten even more physical. And hopefully some of that attrition, you know, the tire, getting the defense tired and all that would would help out. So uh, I like I like what the O-line's doing. I thought Christian was excellent in seeing it. Chuba came in, had two nice runs. So, you know, I think we're getting better and better and better up front. And then when I say up front, that includes the tight ends. Um, you know, we were able to run some misdirection to try to keep them off balance. And, uh, and unfortunately had a, a long one called back or would have, you know, could have been close to a 200 yard day. Absolutely. Coach, you mentioned third downs. Um, when you diagnose what's been going on on third downs, what's the avenue to be better there? Well, I think the number one thing is being in more third manageables, you know, like, you know, we're, we're in way too many third and seven pluses and that's not a recipe for success. You know, when you get, you know, third and, you know, one to three, you know, there's a certain percentage of the time that most people get it, you know, then obviously as you move back, it gets, it gets less and less and less. We're way too many third and longs. We were better in this game. And um, uh, to me, you know, it just goes back to the things I talked about in the passing game, you know, the protection, the, the quarterback, you know, uh, being in rhythm uh, with, with his feet and then the uh, receivers and, you know, the eligible receivers, the tight ends, all that, you know, being where they're supposed to be and making tough, tough, tough catches. So, um, it, it's an area that has to improve. Uh, third down is such a key, key stat in football. Uh, we'll know, we know we're going to be in you know 12 to 15 every game, and uh, we have to just be better. Special teams, you've, you've harped on that a lot, and Panero's come in, done a great job, and Johnny Hecker and all of that. But the blocked field goal, talk about that a little bit. And did Chris Tabor give you the most aggressive high five in the history <laughs> of Panthers football? Taves <laughs> gets pretty fired up. Uh, yeah, he's an excellent coach. And, you know, again, we challenged the uh, – we challenge the field goal block team, you know, um, you know, you don't want to sit there and keep talking about what, you know, you know, Oh, we have bad luck because people are making 56, 58 yarders. And the challenge was to go out and block one. And so uh, that, that's what we needed. They went out and they, you know, Henry Anderson, it was great push by a lot of guys. Henry Anderson got his hands up and, and, and blocked that field goal. And I thought that that, um, that was a really, really important piece of the game, uh, you know, going into the half. 
And, Coach, what is the character that you see emerging from this defense and really from your entire team? What did, have you seen and what would you describe as this is the character of the team? Well, I think you know. I think we have a tough group. I mean, they're 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 becoming, you know, the adversity of the first two weeks. I think has made them even more mentally tough. You know, when I, when I talk about toughness, I'm always thinking about mental mental toughness. We have guys that understand that you know that to, to to win, we have to prepare at a high level. We have to go out and execute at a high level, and then when the game comes down to it, man, we got to go finish. And uh, that's what we did in this game. We we made the plays in the fourth quarter to finish the game. And what I thought was great was we had a lot of guys who you know weren't happy that they scored two touchdowns in the yeah. fourth quarter. You know guys on defense that that weren't okay with that that felt like it should have been a more dominant day and so that's what we want we want a group that's never satisfied so you know like I said we have a lot of guys that are happy with the win but they also know that we've got to get better at some things so that we can you know go play better football. Uh, Coach I'll leave you with this when you go back and you watch the game and you see Chuba Hubbard as you mentioned having a couple of nice runs Marquand McCall makes a play Uh, we call Davian Nixon in the backfield Uh, Henry Anderson gets a block field goal Guys who are depth pieces, when they're contributing that way, how encouraging is that sign moving forward? I think it's great. You know, it's one of the reasons, you know, we, we try, you know, we try on our padded days to make sure practice is competitive. You know, we let the guys play. We don't just look at cards and, you know, try to mimic the other team all the time. We, we, we try to have a nice balance of making sure guys are improving upon their craft because, you know, this game in, in the NFL, I mean, it's a war of attrition. You know, you see hmm. a team one week and they look like a whole different team two weeks from now. And so you see that across the league. And so one of the keys for us is we want to be a team that improves. We want to be better in the second half of the year than we are now. And we want to do that by not just improving overall, but having each player get a little bit better. So when the guys who are backups play well, it's encouraging because at some point, a lot of them might end up being starters, and they have a certain standard that we want them to play to, and it's great to see them trending that direction. Coach, we appreciate it. Congrats on the win. Good luck this coming Sunday against Arizona. All right, thank you, guys. Thanks, Coach. Thanks. Carolina Panthers head coach Matt Rule. Panthers in the win column after a 22-14 win against the Saints on Sunday. We'll dive into that a little bit more when we come back. You're listening to the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. This is Panther Talk, brought to you by Bank of America, official bank of the Carolina Panthers. And off Camara, tried the strong side, tried to turn back, ball is out, flag is down, picked up by Carolina, Marquise Haynes, 10-5, touchdown! Now these guys have been uh, these guys have been hearing on defense about, you know, why haven't you taken the ball away? They're hearing it from me, they're hearing it from the coaches. And, uh, you know, the challenge from me this week and last night from the defense wasn't wasn't just to take the ball away, but go score and, uh, you know, raise the raise the standard. Don't just make it to get the ball, but go score. And so for that to happen first was wild. And I think it was just what our guys needed. Um, I thought they attacked the rest of the day. They played loose and they made key plays. And that's, you know, that's been our message for the through the first two games. You know, we have to execute a little bit better. But when the time comes, man, go go block the field goal. Go go make the play. And our guys did that today. Panther Talk continues on the Carolina Panthers radio network. You know, it's interesting when you have a long season, but every game matters so much. You can sometimes get too much into the weeds of, of one or two games. And, you know, folks were acting like the sky was falling at 0-2. And when you look back and you say, yeah, they were close. A play here, a play there. We could be sitting at 3-0 and right now instead of 1-2. and But that's, that's the NFL. That's football. I get all that. The thing that was encouraging through these first three games is – we're seeing guys grow up on defense, and I don't mean that from a maturity standpoint. Guys starting to fulfill some of that potential, and we talked about it in the preseason. There's about a dozen or so guys on this team who, if they take that next step, that determines the outcome of the season. 
The first guy that you brought up and a guy we talked about a lot, Jim, mm-hmm. uh, on Sunday was Derek Brown. I want to start there because yeah. this is a former first-round pick who I think people were saying, is there is there more meat on that bone? And and really it started with that Buffalo game, game three of the preseason. We're seeing it. And they took him out as far as being a starter uh, midway through last year for a moment. And, you know, they just kind of sent, to send a message to him that you're not playing – uh, the way you were, because as, as, as a rookie, we saw that. He was impactful in place, but he was raw. Now he's had some kind of time where he's kind of gone down, Eugene. His game has come back up, but it's more consistent now. Yes. Like you're seeing it like every game, like you mentioned, since the Buffalo preseason game, where he's affecting things. And as we talk about, not a stats page filler, even though he got an interception yesterday, but doing what they expected a defensive tackle to do, affect the pocket, affect the play, get quarterbacks off their spot, to set up somebody else to be able to maybe make the play. And typically when you're at that defensive tackle, whether you're in a one or a three technique, two, you're going to get double teamed. You're going to have two men on top of you, and you got to go ahead and fight through and get tremendous push to free up the linebackers so that the linebackers don't have a guy they have to fight with every single time. Uh, and that's what he's able to do. But he's able to get penetration to push that center guard and push that gap back almost one, one yard deep. That's huge. That messes up all the timing. We saw that with Kamara starting to go forward. Like, oh, I can't go that way. He has to bounce the ball way out. And now the linebackers, freaking, there's a flying trying to get to the rock. And that's what you're getting is from that push. Now, I know it's not only Derek Brown, right? We know a number of guys are doing that. The call, we, I get it, right? But Derek Brown, I just thought there was something special about him. Just, I think he's emerging as being that guy we thought he would be. Yeah, and there's another type of push that. I'm seeing with Derek Brown, and I'll tell you a story from last week. So last Wednesday at practice, right after practice ends, I go up to Marquan McCall, who had a nice game against the Giants, and I said, hey, can we interview you for our pregame spot? He goes, sure. I got to finish some extra work with my vet. His vet was Derek Brown, and Brown grabbed him, and I'm waiting for Marquan McCall, and I'm watching them you know, hitting the pads, doing the D-line drills. They're running suicides back and forth, running gassers, and Derek Brown, again, you're seeing the leadership now, third year, right? You're starting to see him take the younger guy under his wing. And, and what are we seeing out of McCall? What are we seeing out of Davion Nixon, elevated yes. from the practice mm-hmm. squad, making an impact? And again, that's you got to give Derek Brown some of that credit. Now in his third year, becoming a leader, mentoring some of these younger guys who are making an impact on the field. And Brian Burns also, too, maybe that mentorship – but also the leadership about not being satisfied with does this team, the Saints, put some points on the board on us, and they should have never put points on the board on us. Yeah. And, and and having to be vocal about that and say, hey, man, we didn't do our job. Even in the midst of a win, that bodes well. That tells me that that defense is not satisfied, they are hungry, and they want to prove to everyone that we're the real deal. And I really believe with the secondary that we have and with the front that we have and the fast linebackers, Frankie Louvo, I love the way he plays ball. Man, he just And he forced that fumble, yeah. Uh, he, he ripped it. Ripped it and out. Then, then he tried to rip out another ball uh, against Kamara, but but it didn't happen. But you could tell Kamara was like, oh, I got to hold on this dude. Who was this dude, Louvo? What's going on? This dude's trying to, you know, he's trying to get the rock. That's what you're getting, and that's so contagious and infectious. And because – the secondary is so talented. I know they had a few injuries yesterday. You can be aggressive up front. We saw blitzes and things we hadn't seen the first couple games. Or That pressure really affected Jameis Winston, which is great because you know he's not really going to get out of the pocket much. He can maybe move around a little bit in the pocket, but he's not going to take off and run, especially with that back injury. And that impacted the game so much that you have the confidence because their receivers are so good, and they did get beat. That one drive was pass after pass. They put it all together that one drive. 
But other than that, I mean, you were able to gamble and, and throw blitzes at them and, uh, and affect uh, Jameis Winston in a big way, taking a lot of hits yesterday. And this, uh, Jameis Winston got beat up. He did? He got, he got beat but, up. But, li- again, when you got a quarterback with four back fractures, you – you want to hit him, right? Absolutely. I mean, there was like seven, eight hits on the quarterback. I'm like, my goodness, y'all need to get a new quarterback because this dude ain't going to be able to get up off the ground. I mean, t- typically and really, he had happy feet. I'm looking for interceptions when the, when the quarterback's dancing back there with happy feet, not sure if he's going to get hit or not. He got hit often. All right, injury updates are brought to you by Ortho Carolina at any of Ortho Carolina's 40 locations. You'll receive the absolute highest level of orthopedic care possible from your first appointment to your full recovery, all points in between. Mentioned some uh, things with the secondary yesterday. Both Dante Jackson and C.J. Henderson left the game with uh, neck stingers. Uh, Early word is uh, nothing that should affect their status for the game coming up this week. Ortho Carolina, better choice, official team physician of the Carolina Panthers. One guy we haven't talked about. We we talked about Lou Vu starting to hit the next level. We talked about Derek Brown starting to hit the next level. The next level for Jeremy Chin is superstardom. And okay. the first couple of games, he would be the first to tell you, probably didn't make as big of an impact. Boy, Jeremy Chin was special on Sunday. He was. And uh, Eugene, I think you're right. I mean, that they were they were putting them near the box a lot. And it's a guy that can tackle. And so it's I like seeing him in different roles. I thought last year he was a lot as a safety. And now you see him kind of as a box safety and doing different things. Not that they don't use him in that way, but it felt like at least when he was in those moments, he took advantage of those moments, and maybe that's why it was more noticeable was that uh, just a percentage rate of his impact in, in those particular settings. Troy Palomalu, Leroy Butler always played close to the line of scrimmage. They could be back, they could be forward, and they, they almost an enigma. You, 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 you kind of count for this guy, and I'm telling you, the way I saw Jeremy Chin up in near the box, I'm like, dude, let him go eat. Just build a defense around that young man because he's going to make plays. And he did on Sunday. Uh, This broadcast roundtable is brought to you by Sitco. Keep your engine clean with TriClean Sitco Gasoline. Sitco, let's go together. Still ahead on Panther Talk, we'll visit with Dave Pash, the voice of the Arizona Cardinals. He'll preview this week's game from the enemy sidelines. And we'll get into the offense in a couple of areas where we think the Panthers still have room for growth as we head into week four of the NFL season. You're watching, you're listening to the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. This is Panther Talk, brought to you by Coke, official fan refreshment of the Carolina Panthers. Winston takes the shotgun snap, it's pressure, and he's set! Jeremy Chin and the backfield! One eye safety look. This is J.C. Horn off the edge, he tips it, and the Panthers may have picked it off! I think it was Brown they that time. did pick it off. Mayfield in the shotgun. Pumps. He's got LaVisca Chenault. His first catch is a Panther. He's got the 40. 45, 50. Chenault off to the races. Skies in front. Green grass ahead. Touchdown. LaVisca Chenault. Welcome to Carolina. They were fired up. Obviously, they were excited. And, uh, you know, we've had two heartbreaking weeks. Two weeks, you know, came close. We challenged them to finish. We challenged them to go out and play with uh, – confidence and swagger that we feel like our preparation deserves and um uh you know they they uh they 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 felt good about it afterwards and that being said you know these guys these guys are competitors man i mean even brian burns was getting on the guys about letting you know letting letting them score at the end i mean uh there's a lot of things that we have to improve upon but um they were they were excited they were fired up there was a lot of guys out there that laid it on the line for their team today this is panther talk on the carolina panthers radio network 
This is Panther Talk, brought to you by Atrium Health, because you deserve to live your best life, and we're here to help. Snap the hold, the kick, it's blocked. Gilligan falls on it, and this crowd roars. They talked about trying to affect games with special teams. Before the season began, that's a huge play. It was uh, great to get that, you know, the block kick. And, you know, even even smaller, you know, small plays, I thought we did a great job the entire game of winning the field position battle, playing field position. Shy did a good job, was really solid in the punt returns. LaVisca with a key, key kickoff return at a crucial moment when we needed it, you know, to help answer a score with a score. So, and then defensively, you took the ball away three times, uh, score on defense. And um, uh, a lot of things we can really build on. This is Panther Talk on the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. Panther Talk continues, and we welcome in the voice of the Arizona Cardinals, Carolina's Week Four opponent, Dave Pash. Uh, Dave, uh, you and I share um, uh, a common world of college football Saturday, NFL Sunday. I'm new to it. Uh, you've been doing this for a while, so so give me your wildest travel story from. From getting to your uh, game Saturday to your game Sunday. Well, first of all, welcome to the double duty club, Anish. I think there's now four of us at ESPN. You, me, with shoes and with the Jets and West Durham with the Falcons. I don't know if I'm missing anybody. Um, you know, Bill Hillgrove for, into ESPN, but he's, you know, he did Pitt and the Steelers forever, Gene Deckerhoff, yep. Florida State yep. and the Buccaneers forever. So it, it's been done. Um, and I've been doing it now for almost 20 years. My wildest one, uh, man, I mean, there have been a, a couple of close calls. Actually, one that I recall off the top of my head was a game at Carolina a few years ago. We had a game at Ohio State. It was a 3.30 game. I couldn't get to Charlotte that night, so I drove to Dayton because they had a nonstop at 6 a.m. And it's like a six-hour drive from Columbus. But I thought, six and a half, I'm like, I'm not going to do that. I'll drive to Dayton, easy flight Sunday morning, you land at 7.30, the game's at 1.00 all good. Well, the flight was delayed several hours. I land in Charlotte finally. And as I'm racing out the door for an unmarked cop car to pick me up, to drive me to the stadium, Tom Luganville was standing outside and I worked with Tom. He lives in Charlotte. Obviously he took the flight from Columbus and left at like 11 <laughs> and got there at 1230. And here I come racing out of the door. He sees me racing out of the door and into this unmarked cop car with its uh, sirens going crazy. Now I got to the stadium in about 15 minutes and got to the booth uh, right before kickoff. So it worked out, but that was, that was a close call, very stressful day. And Luke's has never let me forget about it. Yeah, no, I wouldn't let you forget about that one either. So this week, give us your uh, travel schedule from uh, Saturday to get to bank of America stadium Sunday. Well, I guess you could say it's TBD. As of now, we have Wake Forest at Florida State at 3.30 on ABC Saturday. Uh, can't get out of Tallahassee Saturday night. Scheduled for a nonstop Sunday morning in Charlotte. Uh, and obviously, it's a later game on Sunday. Um, but, you know, with the hurricane, we're, kind of, we're uncertain as to what's going to happen. Do they move kickoff? Do they move the game? They cancel the game. Classes at Florida State, I think, at last check, were canceled the rest of the week. So... Uh, as of now, I'm coming in Sunday morning, but who knows? Uh, you know, it depends, obviously, on everything with the weather. Okay, so see you Sunday, maybe. But uh, uh, let, let's <laughs> let's pretend that you will be here Sunday and we'll have a game Sunday. Uh, you got a team, they're one and two. How much do you read into that considering two of your first three opponents were the Chiefs and the Rams? 
Well, Anish, they, they, they haven't been good offensively. It's hard to go three first quarters without scoring, and the Cardinals have managed to do that. And it is a new season, but it feels like an extension of the end of last year. They haven't won a home game since late October of last year. They were 1.7-0, 10-2, made the playoffs and got bounced quickly and thoroughly by the Rams. And it just feels a lot like through three games – very similar. Uh, you know, they have the miraculous comeback against the Raiders and win in overtime. Otherwise, they're they're 0-3 and the offense has done virtually nothing. I think that's what's most frustrating is that the offense, which does have some injuries, but still has enough power uh, to be able to go out there and score touchdowns, and they just can't do it. They had all these long drives against the Rams on Sunday, 19 plays, 16 plays, 15 plays, and they're settling for field goals. So, Offensively, if they don't figure it out, they're, they're going to have a hard time winning a lot of games this year. How much of that is on Kyler Murray? You know, he's played well. He hasn't been spectacular, except, I mean, he basically single-handedly won the game against the Raiders, or at least put him in position to win with a defensive touchdown in overtime. I, Kyler's been pretty good. They just, they're having trouble running the ball, and there have been some drops, some miscommunication with the receivers. Obviously, DeAndre Hopkins is suspended. Rondale Moore hasn't played yet. Antoine Wesley hasn't play, played yet. Uh, those are three key guys that uh, are, are not playing at wide receiver. Zach Ertz is, uh, came into camp in great shape, got hurt. He's still not 100%. So the weapons around Kyler and James was banged up yesterday but played. So they're still trying to find their groove. They didn't play at all in the preseason which in hindsight looks like a mistake. Yeah. Um, but again, you get to one and three, one and four. After this game, you got Philly coming to town. You know, it's hard to, it's hard enough for the Cardinals to play catch up in game, you know, to get to one and three and one and four, try to play catch up, you know, in the standings, given that they haven't been able to start well, does not bode well for the rest of the year. Well, yeah, we've seen a little of that with Carolina through three games. Uh, the Panthers still don't have an offensive touchdown in the first quarter as well. Um, you know, you mentioned the receiving core. Guys out, suspended, injured. The one guy who has played well, and I thought played real well against the Rams, Marquise Brown. What are you seeing from that connection now starting to develop Kyler Murray and, and Marquise Brown? Sure. Well, he, he was targeted 17 times, 14 catches, and the two know each other. It's one of the reasons the Cardinals made the deal was because of the relationship the two had. They're They're – great friends played together at Oklahoma and he's shown that you know it's what I thought you know I think in Baltimore the way the offense is set up maybe it wasn't great for him that when he got a lot of targets it was on deep balls you know it's a run first offense this is different he's showing he's not just a deep ball guy he had a one-handed catch against the Raiders uh, ran a couple of great routes yesterday made some contested catches He's more than just a deep ball guy. And, you know, right now he's their best offensive player outside of Kyler Murray. Dave, last year Carolina beat the Cardinals in uh, November, November 14th, and uh, did not win a game again until this past weekend. Uh, you did that game for Arizona, obviously. Um, what was it that you remember about that 34-10 uh, game against the Panthers for, for Arizona that, that stood out to you? A lot of flags, and not the yellow ones, the red ones. Those were That was kind of one of the games where you're like, uh-oh, because it, it's really 
about the time the slide started for the Cardinals. They they just couldn't get anything going offensively. It, it was as if they overlooked Carolina and thought that it would be an easy out because they had started so well. You know, the seven and zero start, and then you're a back shoulder throw away from being eight and zero. But they lose to Green Bay on a Thursday night. Carolina tripped them up. They just it, it was a it was a game where again I think they overlooked their opponent. And it just sent up a lot of red flags and they really never recovered from that. You know, the rest of the way, um, the the Cardinals struggle to find themselves and find their identity. And it still feels like they're searching for that on the offensive end anyway, this week. I'll leave you with this. Is it as much about injuries and absences right now, or do you see something deeper that needs to be fixed? That's part of it. I mean, you can't, you know, it's hard to win without your, you know, some of your top targets. I guess my point is, Anish, you can't just be DeAndre Hopkins. You know, he missed a lot of time towards the end of last year with a knee injury, and that's when the offense really struggled. But it can't just be that, right? It just feels like there's more to it. It's easy to point to that. He would obviously help. Uh, Would it be, you know, a 180-degree difference offensively? If he were there, I find it hard to say that. Yeah. Um, but yeah. he definitely, they definitely miss him because of the attention that he draws, even when he's not the main target. Should be a fun one. Hopefully, we get some offense in the first quarter. But uh, from what you're telling me, take the under for for quarter number one. So we'll keep that in mind, Dave. Uh, I'm wishing you the uh, the safest of travels, Tallahassee to Charlotte, and hopefully uh, Ian stays away. <laughs> All right, Anish, looking forward to seeing you hopefully on, on Sunday afternoon, man. All right, bud, be good. Dave Pash, voice of the Arizona Cardinals. This is the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. Panther Talk continues on the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. Anish Roth, Eugene Robinson, Jim Zoki here on Panther Talk. Week four, Carolina at home, second of three straight home games. It will be the Cardinals. You just heard from Dave Pash. You start looking at the positives, and we talked about the defense. We talked about the special teams. There's the other side of it, too. Offensively, oh, the silver lining here is there is considerable room for improvement, and you expect growth. You expect growth from the passing game, especially with Baker Mayfield. Uh, DJ Moore, six targets, one catch this past Sunday, only three catches in each of the first couple of games. When you look at what's going on offensively, especially with the passing game, Eugene, um, what jumps out to you? It, what jumps out is Baker, Baker Mayfield. Testing, which one? There okay, you here go. We go. That's the right one. What, what jumps out? Here we go. I'm new to this. I'm new to television and radio. Okay, here. We go. What jumps out is Baker Mayfield. Yeah. And there were some plays that I thought he should have hit DJ square in the chest with the ball. Um, there was an out route that he threw and he threw it just too far away from him. If he catches the ball, he's going to be running up the, up the sideline. Um, he overthrew him. So it, that had a lot to do with Baker Mayfield, not not the receiver running the wrong route or being in the wrong position. I just thought that he got his front shoulder up too much and he's throwing the ball a little bit high. And I think it could be a little bit – there's been a lot said about knockdown balls by Baker. You know, uh, guys are knocking him down. And there may be something to it that he's trying to – get some little elevation on it just so that that doesn't happen. You know, I don't know that to be correct or not. I don't know whether it's drops, but typically if the ball is batted down, you're trying to go ahead and get it over the top, and it may be sailing over the top of the 
the receivers. And only the, the, the coaching staff would know that and the QB coach would know that. But I'm just speculating a little bit from what I see as a defensive back. Jim, uh, we know Baker likes revenge games, right? Mm-hmm. Um, his best game of the season, week one against Cleveland. This is a little bit of a revenge game given who the coach is yep. on the other sideline. Yeah, yep. they got college flavor with uh, Cliff Kingsbury and the way they run things over there too. So Texas Tech back in the day and all that. But uh, Panthers have a good history against Oof. Arizona. That was the last win period uh, when you think about it uh, told this past week. And that was a – you know, Kyler Murray, that team was hot back then last year when they beat They were them. like 7-0. Seven seven one. Yes. Yeah. yeah, they were they – were, That they was were the P.J. Walker game. And yes. then Cam Newton came in and scored two short touchdown runs uh, in that game. So that was a – that was a really, um, I think from a national perspective, unexpected performance, uh, but really a dominating performance there. And I think, Eugene, to me – Part of why Kyler Murray has struggled the last couple times against the Panthers is, as athletic as he is, this is about as athletic and quick of a defense as you'll <laughs> yes. see. So you're not going to outrun no. Frankie Louvu and Brian no. Burns and a lot of these guys. They can they can keep pace. Jeremy Chin, these guys can keep pace with you. Yeah, you, you're not going to outrun them to the sideline. You're not going to go ahead and fool them. And don't forget, in that locker room, what they're talking about, hey, we went down to Arizona and put a, a mud whooping on these guys, right? You know they're talking about that. And you know when they watch the film, they're going to be watching the film of the guys they beat directly to make sure they can do that again. And so this is a really a good confidence for builder for the uh, Carolina Panthers because when you dominate an opponent like they did last year, that's in your head. That is really in your head. And you think about coming off this win, oh, it's time to go ahead and eat, and I'm about to go ahead and dominate once again. Yeah, Kyler Murray struggled in the loss to the Panthers last year, um, the year before. Against Carolina, 24 out of 31, 133 yards. Did have three touchdowns. Panthers won that game, 31 to 21. So, you know, you got the three touchdown passes. Was somewhat productive on the ground. Had a 48-yard run in that game. But they've done a nice job bottling him up, and he hasn't had the big explosive games that we've seen him do against some of these other teams. And no Hopkins. Man, DeAndre Hopkins is one of the best receivers on earth, on any other planet there is. That dude, he just makes plays. There is none. So now you they you had go twelve there, points like, and they lost to the Rams. I know, and he was kind of chirping about the play calling and all that afterwards. So he doesn't mind, and he's calling out his receivers. He's like, "Hey, I can make plays. I'll be over. You got to stay awake. You be, yeah, stay awake. You got to be ready." So it's like he's a he's a finger pointer. So it's like hopefully get him in a bad mood early in the game. Uh, yes, and no one likes that at all. Like that's something that internally you you talk to the guys so that you never even let that stuff leak out at all. You never even say that publicly because now you're just pointing the finger. That's all you're doing. And now, all right, you better be special, Kyler. You better be really special. And if you don't, they're going to call you out like, oh, uh, how come you threw an interception here? Oh, why did you do it? I'm telling you, because I've seen that in the locker room where teams are losing and it fractures because somebody doesn't like what you're doing because you called them out and said something that you possibly should have just kept in-house. And I think we need to bring that up, especially considering the franchise here. You start 0-2, you didn't hear any of that. No. You didn't hear any finger pointing. To Matt Rule's credit, he said, hey, put it on me. And and he deflected that. If you saw the postgame scene in the locker room on Sunday, yeah, this is a unit that's very much together. This is a locker room that's together. This is a team that's together. Maybe people don't want to hear that on the outside. It's true on the inside. And they gave the coach the game ball, which he didn't want. But <laughs> they, you know, that shows you how much they are buying into what he's doing. And what's and, and what is so evident, I thought, is when Chanel scored that touchdown, I saw those receivers go right up to him. Now, th- that's a really competitive group. Everybody want to go ahead and eat, right? I, I want to go out there and be the guy to make that. They were congratulating him yeah. and happy. I saw Robbie Anderson behind him as he was going to score a touchdown, 
pumping his fists up, going like this. Yeah, like, go, go. I'm like, dude, that's exactly what you want. And that's why that room is a little, it's a close-knit room because they cheer for one another, and that's a big thing moving forward. You know, and you're starting to see, too, um, you saw it from Chuba Hubbard, right? You know, it's easy to read the lines. You go sign Raheem Blackshear a week after Chuba Hubbard had some struggles yep. and fumbled a kick, right? Okay, I know I got to produce when I get my opportunities. He didn't get many, but he produced when he did. Yes. Um, LaVisca Chenault knew there was going to be an opportunity. Only had four touches in the game. Had 144 <laughs> yards between kick returns wow. and receptions. Wow. Let him eat. Give him the rock. I want to tackle that dude. Yeah. You tackle him, Nish. When we come back, we'll look at the keys to Sunday's game between the Cardinals and the Panthers as we get ready to wrap up Panther Talk. Panthers football is heard exclusively on the Carolina Panthers radio network. Touchdown, Carolina Panthers. Join us next Sunday as the Panthers host the Arizona Cardinals. Kickoff on the network is set for 4.05. Panther Talk continues on the Carolina Panthers radio network. Anish Raf, Jim Zoki, Eugene Robinson, a couple minutes before we wrap up. The Cardinals are the week four opponent uh, Eugene, first glance at this game, where do you see the pivot points in this matchup? I think an offense that is struggling to go ahead and score points, from talking about the Cardinals, and a defense that's given up 20, averaging 29 points a game. That is sensational. Our defense right here, I think our offense should take advantage of that, and I think our defense can take advantage of Make Tyler, Kyler Murray beat you because, obviously, he's the only guy that's – that's putting in that work right now, I'm blitzing him every single play. I'm going to make sure I got that guy running left, right, that he'll be tired of running in that stadium. They, um, they've they struggled running the ball. James Conner yes. is three yards a carry. Ouch. And he's a good running back. Yes. So they have not established it. Now they get Murray and they get some other guys in space and they get, they get some plays in the run game. But as far as traditional run game, they're not doing well with that. Murray threw the ball 58 times in this last <laughs> game. Completed 37, but only for five yards per throw. That's very much below you know what you want to be league average wise. So it's a lot of it's a lot of flash and not a lot of production right now as far as what's going on with them offensively there. So we'll see. They did have a nice comeback win against the Raiders. They were down I think 20 nothing in yeah. halftime in that game for the one win they had this year, uh, but did not look good as we mentioned against the Rams on Sunday. And his quarterback rating is the same as almost the same as uh, Baker. I mean Baker Mayfield. Yeah. yeah. So it's yeah, not 82. it's not too much difference about him. three TDs, one interception. Mm-hmm. I'm expecting an uptick offensively from the Panthers. Yes. I am. I think we'll see more of LaVisca Chenault, who was a difference maker. Carolina, I expect to continue to get better offensively. They're home. They've got some momentum. You can't discount the mojo coming off a of W. No doubt. And keep running the ball. Yes. I mean, it's working. Just keep running the ball with Oh, McCaffrey. yeah. Christian McCaffrey. <laughs> you know, just keep doing that. Let him eat. Let him eat. We almost take it for granted. It's like the best thing about it is uh, the guy that runs the ball. Yeah, and you know, we said all season, Christian McCaffrey's healthy. He is. Back-to-back 100-yard games. He looks like the Christian of old. Thanks for listening. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. 
Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. 